From the pinnacle of the media landscape, this is Market Edge. Join your host, Larry Weber, as he discovers the answers from analysts, entrepreneurs, and technologists who are preparing the blueprints for the future of marketing. Hear from those who are taking us to a new age of social media, e-communities, and the blogosphere. blogosphere. Now, please welcome your host of Market Edge, Larry Weber. Hi, and welcome to Market Edge. I'm your host, Larry Weber, chairman of W2 Group, a global marketing services ecosystem organized to help CMOs in their new role as builders of communities and content aggregators. Today, I am so excited because we'll be talking about one of my favorite topics that I've been following for the last nine years, and that's the future of the blogosphere and e-commerce with Lisa Stone, one of three co-founders of BlogHer, a community for women who blog, and one of the hottest properties on the web. An award-winning journalist and blogger, Lisa has launched successful blog networks and interactive programming for many national brands, including Hearst, Rodale Magazines, E-Television, Online, HBO, Sex in the City, Knight Ritter Digital, American Lawyer Media, Glam Media, and many more. While executive producer and editor-in-chief, VP, programming for Women.com, she launched an 18-channel network and helped grow it to a top 30 site overseeing all original content, programming, and newsletters. Lisa has written for the New York Times, the L.A. Times, the Oakland Tribune, Publishers Weekly, and Frommers, among other publications. She is the first Internet journalist awarded a Neiman Fellowship by Harvard University. Lisa's personal blog, Surfette, S-U-R-F-E-T-T-E, began as an extension of her 2004 convention blog for the L.A. Times. It's great to have you here. Thanks for joining Market Edge, Lisa. Thank you so much for having me. Hey, Lisa, first, you know, before we go deep into this thing, you know, t- just tell our, our viewers that haven't experienced BlogHer, you know, exactly what BlogHer is about. So we'll just do the present right now, and then I want to I go deeper back into the history of journalism in the blog sphere. Larry, BlogHer really started as a labor of love in 2005 when two friends and I decided to hold a conference for women who blog because so many people were asking each other and in the mainstream media, where are the women bloggers? And we thought, gosh, we can answer that question because there are millions of women blogging. Today, BlogHer reaches 8 million women each month, and we drive about 40 million page views. We're a 100-plus million ad impression network that has an annual conference series, a new service, and blogger.com, and an affiliate base of some of the funniest, smartest women writing online. So tell me how, you know, the... um it's so interesting. My wife, you know, and I, my audience knows we're we're sort of uh, uh, last generation a little bit. Uh, even though I've stayed in touch with all this stuff, she said all my friends want me to, you know, read these different blogs, and it just is so confusing to me to find out what are the better ones, what are the ones that are going to waste my time, which one should I get involved with? How does BlogHer answer that question? You know. BlogHer.com is in fact a news service designed to tell the rest of the world what women are blogging in 20 different topics. We cover everything from business, technology, politics, and culture to home, garden, food, and family. Mm -hmm. Um, 
we essentially have bloggers, 60 of them, who act as beat reporters. So if you want to know what's hot on the mommy blogs, you should come to blog her because we'll tell you. Similarly, we've been holding many open discussions about this very hot election. Cool. Um, I, I'm not going to ask you, you know, if it's Hillary or Obama, but um, we'll we'll leave that maybe for the end if you choose to. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm happy to so, jump in there now. Let me tell you, blog her is avidly nonpartisan, Larry, uh, because we have so many voices. Thank goodness. Uh, and women, while we're often referred to as a single voting block, we don't all vote alike. Uh, and I'm happy to tell you that we have the same um, almost even split between um, Senators Obama and Clinton and uh, Mr. McCain and Mr. Huckabee that we see on the nightly news. What's interesting, however, is that on blogger.com, because of the way we manage our community, there's not a lot of bloodletting in these conversations. Instead, it tends to be a lot more about policy. So more substance. <laughs> yes, yes. We don't believe in politics as a contact sport. You can get enough of that on, on my old network, CNN. So, I, you know, I've been in the last few months, I'm going to have to unname them because I'm a little critical, but I've been to two of the most prestigious uh, journalism schools uh, in our country. And I was actually surprised that they weren't really teaching about the evolution of the blog sphere, uh, the impact of the blog sphere, uh, how to write, you know, for the future of blogs, you know, what fit they're going to have in our society. Very little time was spent in the curriculum on this. Um, the second part of the question is going to be also, because you have such a background in journalism, you know, uh, you know what what the impact of the blog sphere on traditional journalism is having, and how it's going to continue to impact. And, and lastly, I'll just give the audience a number I saw the other day, which was, you know, we now have in this country not one newspaper for the first time in 15 years, not one newspaper with a circula paid circulation over 2 million, yet we have 50 blogs over 2 million in participation. What's going on in journalism? Whenever is people going to stand up and notice what's happening to the quality, the self-editing of the blog sphere? Give us a, a really thoughtful high view of, of the future of journalism and blogosphere and, and sort of where we're headed and maybe why even your guess why these great journalism schools aren't paying a lot more attention. Well, Larry, I very much share your concern about figuring out how to retool journalism curricula so that they match the massive change in tools that journalists um, of all kinds now have, thanks to technology. Um, I think that I have seen some very promising signs um, from people like Paul Grabowitz at Berkeley, uh, Robert Niles at USC Annenberg, yep, USC Jan Annenberg, Schaefer yep. at the J-Lab at University of Maryland. But those people are on the forefront, um, and I think it's because they really have dug in up to their elbows and, and armpits in themselves in using online communities as sources. The interesting thing is that when you have a market uh, of, of any kind where the leaders become embattled because of shocking change in the way the product is manufactured, 
a classic initial response is, we're better than they are, this doesn't affect us. Right. And then, so there's a chest-beating phase. Then there's the denial phase. This isn't really happening. The world's not going to change that quickly. And then we get into the all-out fear phase, right? Yeah. So I think we are moving through fear (laughs) right now and and toward action. Um, The initial chest-beating phase is nowhere better uh, and I hope I, I don't uh, upset you by being so direct, but uh, the initial fear phase was never better wrapped up than by Alex Jones's article uh, in uh, 2004 about the election coverage he was reading, saying that bloggers are the sizzle, not the steak. Yep. And that's Alex Jones, formerly of the New York Times. And I have never read anything that I felt was so fundamentally misrepresentative of what I see happening on on blogs and why it's so important that blogs exist. Go on. The bottom line is that um, if we as as traditional journalists, and I have a background as a print and then a broadcast journalist, um, had been engaging the user and providing them with the ways in which to engage themselves with news and information from the beginning... Um, the Internet would simply be complementing the approach we had taken. Instead, the push dynamic of media, the sit down little lady and gentleman and we'll tell you what's important, devolved into an us versus them discussion, journalists versus bloggers, when fundamentally we're learning in the fear phase, the user just really wants the very best news and information she can get which is one of the reasons we developed blogger.com the way we did, because we find that there are women, just as in every newsroom, there are newspaper readers who actually know more about the subject than the reporters themselves. I've covered the Supreme Court. I've covered medical procedures. I'm not a lawyer, and I'm not a doctor, Larry. And in each of these cases, we're finding on blogs that there are women out there who know more about whether it's baking a pie a really excellent lemon meringue pie, or it's how to write a fantastic newsletter, um, either print or email for your small business, then many experts. And so by pulling together a group of beat reporters on Blogger, we're trying to leverage the intelligence of the community, the fact that we is smarter than me, as a new bestseller puts it. Um, and we think it's a better service to the reader, and I think the more newspapers and journalism schools, I'm sorry I've gone a little far afield from your question, but the more newspapers and journalism schools who imitate what the three professors I mentioned initially have started to do with their curriculum, the better they will do. Yeah, I I couldn't agree more. I mean, you know, what's fascinating to me when I started in the uh, PR business almost 30 years ago uh, whenever we'd have an article in a business publication, there'd always be something called fact checkers um, that would call and, you know, were, is this what the CEO meant? And, you know, checking facts and, you know, there would be thorough analysis of, of uh, third-party, um, you know, t- commentary. And, you know, I had a comment from a reporter from the, the um, San Francisco Chronicle that said, well, you know, the day is going to come when bloggers are going to need to validate themselves. And I said, what do you mean? I think, you know, 8 million people, um, you know, is, is quite a bit of validation about if something's inaccurate or not versus one person that doesn't have fact checkers anymore and might not know uh, the category they're talking about very deeply or very passionately. Excellent point. 
Excellent point. It's really very difficult today um, to go online and put too much spin on what one is doing because uh, the community's out there. They're going to read about it. And if, if one deliberately mis- misrepresents something or spins it so far as to be false, you get called on it and you lose credibility. Nobody wants that. Um, one of my favorite newspaper examples of excellent journalism today is the Fort Myers newspaper, which has um, initiated an entire community watchdog program, Larry. They've pulled together a panel of experts from the community and had them work on um, essentially investigative civic journalism. Wow. They, they have people who are accountants, people who are lawyers, people who have this expertise, and then the excellent journalists at that paper pull it all together help develop a, a narrative that makes sense and help coordinate this kind of service journalism for the community. Now, that is the kind of thing that I think is leveraging blogs in a way that will, um, you know, continue to drive the kind of enthusiastic user response um, that any for-profit media needs. I agree with you. And um, we're just going to take a short commercial break right now. Uh, please stand by. We're going to be right back with this fascinating conversation on the future of, I think, uh, journalism, communications, not just the blogosphere, with Lisa Stone, uh, one of the co-founders of BlogHer, one of the hottest uh, properties on the, uh, and communities uh, on the web. We'll be right back with Market Edge. Market Edge will continue in just a moment. Okay, so you're telling me that if I put the Go Currency Converter on my site, all my international customers can see how much they're paying in their own currency? Yeah, GoCurrency.com has free currency converters, language translations, international clocks, everything you need to do international business. So how does it work? Conversion elves. Conversion elves? Yeah, watch. Want to know what this will cost in euros? Check this out. Listen up, elves. We got one. $34 US. I need that in euros. Now, people. We got it. Put it up there, elves. Wow. Currency elves. Who knew? GoCurrency.com. Free currency converters, language translations, and more. GoCurrency.com. Um, hello. Uh, Welcome to our website. Website traffic isn't about paying for clicks. Okay, so I guess we're going to wait until everyone shows up and then we'll... uh, um... It's about having the right content. So while you're searching for more traffic, the folks at InfoSearch Media are creating the content people are searching for. With InfoSearch Media, you can get more traffic for less money than PPC. So the next time you need to speak to your customers... Welcome to our website. They're already searching for you. InfoSearch Media. Get content that really clicks. How do you choose the right affiliate network to partner with? The answer is simple. MarketHealth.com, where health and wealth connect. Established in 1998 and formerly known as Joe Bucks, the MarketHealth.com affiliate network allows you to market and promote the world's leading health and beauty offers on the net. Start making recurring income and the highest payouts in our industry. Choose from over 50 of the hottest selling offers, ranging from herbal supplements, skincare, vitamins, beauty products, weight loss, and much more. Sign up for free at MarketHealth.com and start making money today. SEO 101 is now in session. Today's topic is duplicate content. Today's topic is duplicate content. Yeah. Oh, my God. (laughs) You jagdork. (laughs) It just needed to be done. I'm sorry. (laughs) 
miss new episodes Mondays and Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific. And check out their live broadcast Thursdays at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific. Or on demand anytime inside the Search Engine Optimization Channel. Only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Get clicked, covered, and rained on. All week long on WebmasterRadio.fm. Your destination for education and entertainment. WebmasterRadio.fm. We're everywhere. From the pinnacle of the marketing landscape, we now return to Market Edge. Once again, here's your host, Larry Weber. Welcome back to Market Edge. This is your host, Larry Weber, and I'm here today with Lisa Stone, co-founder of BlogHer, a red-hot blog for women to pursue exposure, education, community, and economic empowerment, uh, and a great journalist in her own right. Um, Hey, Lisa, you know, before the break we were talking about you know, the proliferation of blogs and, you know, the, how it's changing the face of journalism and the way we, we look at content. Um, how about the future? I mean, is, you know, do, do, I increasingly don't care about, you know, certain blogs, you know, on bass fishing or, you know, things I don't do. Are we going to have fewer blogs and better blogs because just evolution will work its way, much like previous media generations where, the TV, well, you can argue TV got worse, but that the better programs ended up in prime time. And, you know, will the better blogs rise to the top, or do you think there's going to continue to be a democratization of, of all content and a micro-segmentation of all content? Oh, I definitely think that evolving technology uh, is going to make it possible for more and more people to participate and have their own um, uh experiences and presence online. I don't even want to call it a blog anymore. You know what I mean? There's so yeah. there's so much happening. And I think that's really important that that happened. At the same time, I do think that the cream rises in the blogosphere or on the Internet as well. If you're good, you will be found, appreciated, recommended, enjoyed, and shared with friends. And that is one of the reasons at the Blog Her conferences that we do every year, we work very hard to... Um, work with bloggers, women and men, men are invited to our conferences too, to talk about ways in which they can code their blog, tag tag their blog, work with search engine optimization, and generally um, prepare their, their sites and blogs for success and maximum traffic. Yeah. Cool. Well, you know, as long as you're going down that line, I, I was going to ask you this in a little bit, but I'll, I'll ask it now. Obviously, one of the big you know, questions out there from marketers, and there's a lot of marketers that listen to this show, is, okay, we believe in social media and, and sort of maybe the future of journalism you're talking about, uh, but, but help us with the commercial side of this. I mean, what are going to be the advertising models? What are going to be the, the ways we can promote our brands without being obnoxious to your, to your communities? Um, what's Blogger's answer to that? Well, our our work with a wide variety of sponsors, and we're very proud of our relationships with our conference sponsors and the sponsors on the ad network. We've had uh, the privilege of selling to and working with clients um, from Fortune 500 brands um, since we started work. Um, and our message to the community is to work authentically with women online in this new space. The key is to have a conversation. That requires both listening and speaking, right? 
And in order to do that, what we do is we have developed a series of programs working with sponsors where we help learn about their messaging and we help integrate their goal into their presence in the blogosphere. And with, you know, 1,200 blogs, 8 million women, and a 40 million page view reach, we have a lot of options. So, for example, we've worked with new products on sampling at our conferences by helping them uh, get a presence in each of our tote bags and an exhibit table where they can explain why uh, their new product is the best. Similarly, if there is a product or even a branding initiative that uh, an organization is trying to pursue. We've had a lot of success with our media plays around the blogosphere. Um, we have the single largest number of moms who blog and some dads too uh, in our network. We have more than 700 parenting blogs. And we've done some innovative and, and excellent campaigns for um, people who are trying to get their product or, or mind share uh, with a targeted demographic. Now, you don't have to be, although we've worked with them, Kenneth Cole reaction trying to get giveaway free outfits. But if you're talking specifically to your point about how do you work directly with the bloggers, there's sort of three general guidelines that we have. The first is disclose, disclose, disclose. These bloggers are heard. <laughs> they hear from every single PR company every single you know, day of every single year. The really yep. good ones are quite overrun. The, the PR companies and brands they end up enjoying working with are companies that tell them exactly who they are and ask them if they can have a piece of their time or would they be interested in participating in the following offer or opportunity. Right? Allah, don't do Allah, don't do what Edelman and Walmart did last year. <laughs> well, very much so, and I and I did write a piece called uh, "No Thanks Walmart." We'll do the patronizing. <laughs> um, but the second thing that uh, we also recommend is figure out a way to support what the blogger is doing, and that means don't just try to take exposure from the blogger. Go and give exposure to her. Go and participate in her blog. Start a blog of your own if your company has one. You might want to recommend some bloggers. You might want to interact with them on the playing field where we are, and that is on our blogs. I think the third thing is to figure out a way in which, and we are not the only ad network out there. We are, however, we think the best one. Um, figure out a way to work with the existing publishing partners that blogs have in order to sponsor these blogs because there are lots of innovative ways that you can work with um, these different networks in order to uh, gain buzz. Um, we are coming up ourselves with a new review program which does not violate our editorial guidelines, I'll have you know, um, whereby uh, if, a, if a company is interested in having a review product uh, or a product reviewed, what we can do is we will handpick because we know um, bloggers very, very well, and uh, which tone might work best with given brands. That's our expertise. Um, we can handpick a cadre of bloggers um, that the sponsor can pay to, re to review the product. Now, that review should live in a carefully designated review section, or it should live in a place on the Internet that does not have 
competitor ads right next to it because that's not fair to any sponsor. Um, but there are plenty of bloggers out there who would love the opportunity to be paid to do what they do best, which is right. Yeah, you know, I was just talking with an entrepreneur in France that has a, um, a technology that uh, he's developed. He, he's a well-known Internet pioneer over there, but uh, he calls pay for post. And what he's suggesting is that even on a smaller blog scale, that the bloggers can have their own income by having sort of a pay for post technology that um, lets, you know, very customized post by marketers uh, uh, be placed into the blog. Is, is this something you think the, the blogosphere in general that is reading, even if they like the quality, will put up with and tolerate uh, as we move to these sort of more advanced models or next generation models? You know, I unfortunately I have to tell you, we've learned that models like those models, which integrate um, paid posts right amongst everything else and don't label them separately and don't give the sponsor credit for having written them or virtually purchased them, um, drive traffic down to the blogs over time. Right. Readers come to the blogs in our network because they love reading excellent recipes or excellent stories about a young family or excellent advice on how to do a startup. Um, they don't like having intermittent ads for some electronics product they don't care about or some, you know, hair care product they're never going to try. So instead, what we've recommended, and we've started a whole section on blogher.com, our sort of hub network site, called Special Offers. And what we do is we have a um, free stuff and fabulous deals newsletter where we drive uh, traffic to and from uh, sites and spaces on sponsor sites, on other sites that we like, we know bloggers like, recommending great freebies, great opportunities. And we have developed a series of blog review programs that are appropriate in this space on which is how, you know, four people uh, got free Kenneth Cole outfits for their children. Terrific. That, you know, raises another question as you're, you're going through here that I get all the time, is that, you know, we're seeing advances and, and you know, in your own work here, um, what I would call more on the consumer side of, of the future of journalism and, the, and, and blogs. I agree with you, too. I'm sick of it being called blogs. I mean, let's just get over it. My, my <laughs> oldest daughter, when I say I'm going online, she laughs at me and said, Dad, we never use the word online. Uh, so she doesn't distinguish between, you know, these, uh, these mediums. But the, the question more is a, is a corporate question, and we have a lot, an audience that listens that is constantly asking, you know, should CEOs blog? Where does the blog fit in, you know, corporate strategy? Is it bottom-up? Is it top-down? Like, you know, and, and really... You know, Jonathan Schwartz, I guess, was the, the most famous for being the first, but now we're starting to see things like uh, running a hospital.com by Paul Levy, who runs Beth Israel Deaconess out here in Boston and and have over 2 million uh, administrators reading his his blog, and it's actually interesting for the healthcare uh, executives. Where does this fit, in your view, you know, in, in companies, in the enterprise, and, and uh, some advice to our listeners? You know, I think um, there is nothing more important today than a company's ability to reach out direct to the consumer in their own voice and on their own terms. As long as there's a direct 
conversation being had, um, and and the person, uh, the reader knows who is speaking from the company. I think that the very best thing that a CEO or a chief marketing officer or anyone who has an important role with the the brand's consumer, um, anything that those individuals can do to open up a channel of communication, the better. Now, that is because today brands of any kind, newspapers and journalists included, need to either define themselves or risk being defined because even if you, Company X, don't have a blog, rest assured that your competitors do and your consumers absolutely do. So whether or not the answer is a blog or um, even a, a Q&A uh, on the site that allows you to put a toe in the, in the conversational water and just take questions, um, all of that is positive forward motion. I don't think enough can be said about it. I write a newsletter um, for Blog Her. It's just a general newsletter. I try to get it out every single week. I win that battle most of the time. Um, uh-huh. I get uh, astonishing open rates on the newsletter um, because it's a very personal newsletter. I don't send it out for um, just to just to um, market something or, or to market blog her. I'm sharing what I really deeply care about and why I come to work every day and what we're trying to accomplish here. Um, and uh, it's just been invaluable. It also helps me deal with what I think the kinds of large companies, Larry, that you work with um, have been dealing with for a long time, and I'm seeing it with new eyes as a new CEO myself, and that is the opportunity to bypass the press is sometimes a gift. Yeah, and also I'm trying to convince people that brand is dialogue now. And oh, it, nice. you know, yeah, you you can't you can't go back to one way branding, and um, uh, I can't believe our time is almost winding down. I, I always have to ask the last question, Lisa, of all my guests, and that is, of course, blog her being so wonderful aside. Tell our guests, I mean, our listeners, uh, you know, what are some of the other fun sites that you go to, or some of the other internet experiences that you think are just fabulous right now that you would share a few with uh, with our listeners? Oh, absolutely. Um, so I always recommend, of course, in addition to blogger.com, I recommend um, three sites. Global Voices Online is an incredible site. It has a beat reporter approach to every country in the world, and there is no better place to find breaking news and breaking news perspective on world events. Yep. Love it. The second thing I recommend, because I am someone who is determined that someday I will learn how to cook, <laughs> I recommend <laughs> my friend Elise Bauer's blog, Simply Recipes. It is astonishing. It is so well navigated. Her food photography is pristine. I think it is excellent. Excellent, excellent, cool. excellent. Cool. Um, and then the final uh, site I recommend, I, I have to say, it's a... Uh, it's a, it's a little bit of a, of a guilty pleasure for me because it covers a, a transportation issue near my house. But there's a, a site that started as a blog when Highway 1 in California gave out due to a massive mudslide, and I live on the coast. And the name of this blog is Coast Cider, and it's by Barry Parr and his wife, Cherie. And when our little community of 12,000 people was trapped uh, without a highway for four months, 
um, they turned um, our local newspaper into shreds because of their superb daily reporting. And at home, we still have them on speed dial because anything we notice around, around town, we phone it in as our little local journalism exercise. So if anyone wants to know how to really do something amazing for their community, go imitate Barry and Cherie Parr. They've done a fabulous job. Great. And what's the URL? It's, I believe it's coastsider.com. He just bought it. Let me check that for you. I'm embarrassed. I have it bookmarked, and so, of course, my brain goes right out the window. <laughs> well, double check. Well, of course, my computer's freezing. I'll send it to you, Larry. I'm sorry about that. Okay. Thanks a lot. And you know what? Our time's up, and that was a fast half hour, but a fascinating one with Lisa Stone, the co-founder of BlogHer, one of the hottest uh, you know, properties on the web. I can't recommend it more highly to pursue exposure, education, community, and economic empowerment. Lisa Stone, thanks so much for being part of Market Edge today. Larry, thank you so much as well. It's really a pleasure um, to hear your thoughts. I'll be using the brand as dialogue line and crediting you sometime soon. <laughs> Thanks a lot. And uh, read the book, Marketing to the Social Web, as well. Um, would love to know what you think. Thank so, you. All right, audience. It's great that you all tuned in today to another conversation on Market Edge. Be sure to tune in again next Tuesday at 12 noon Eastern Time at webmasterradio.fm for another great Market Edge show. Goodbye.